Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I wonder if I could get sponsored by an energy drink. We're definitely gonna try. <laughs> I keep. I need to find a new name for my organic liquid performance enhancement. That's what I should say. That's way too much of a mouthful. We digress. What's up, everybody? Coulter Nuanas, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for joining us here uh, on your Wednesday. Time to get to it today, as we always do. First of all, I just watched a cool video on Twitter, and it's actually crazy because there's two Big Sky Conference teams left playing in the playoffs right now for the FCS football playoffs, and uh, still there's been endless, seemingly, news about all sorts of other Big Sky Conference schools. Four different football programs have head coaching openings. Two of them have already been closed. We'll get to that in the second hour here on Nuanas Now. The shocking news it's it's like it's it's you knew it was a, a matter of time and you knew it was coming eventually, but it was still the biggest news so far of what has been a lot of big news in the coaching carousel so far in the Big Sky Conference. Jay Hill out at Weber State. He's headed to BYU as the defensive coordinator. So Weber State in the market for a new head coach for the first time in nearly a decade. But I also just watched on Twitter a cool video, man. Giovanni McCoy who's the freshman quarterback for the Idaho Vandals. He's joined us on this show. He's joined us on the Big Sky Breakdown. Great dude. Uh, loved getting to know him a little bit here this uh, last fall. He was the freshman of the year in the Big Sky Conference, announced as the Jerry Rice Award winner uh, earlier uh, today. The video was of Craig Haley of Stats Perform giving Giovanni McCoy the uh, the Jerry Rice Award to the top freshman in FCS uh, so pretty cool. His family was in on the Zoom call, and uh, his mom was so excited. And it's a it's a good video if you want to go watch it there. Uh, on Twitter, we're going to talk FCS football. We're going to talk Big Sky Coaching Carousel, both hour one and hour number two. We'll keep on talking FCS playoffs as well. Uh, Sam Herter will join us uh, from Hero Sports here in about 10 minutes. We're also going to talk some Grizz basketball right off the top here. The Grizz with a resounding 81-56 win over South Dakota State uh, here in Missoula last night. Really fun Grizz game. Uh, the return of an All-American to this show, Isaiah Fonse, a guy who's joined us a bunch throughout the years but has not joined us in more than a year. All-American running back for the Bobcats. He'll join us at 4.30 for our Montana State Minute. We're also going to talk some Grizz hockey uh, at 4.45, and we got some Grizz hockey tickets for you. And uh, hour number two, we got five big questions about the coaching carousel 
around the Big Sky Conference, and we will also have our Grizz End of the Season Awards. That's our Grizz Star of the Week, but we're going to do our Grizz Stars of the Season. Who do we think uh, were the best offensive, defensive, special teams players and overall MVP for the University of Montana football team? So there you go. It's your uh, show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have on uh, in the real estate world in Western Montana, give Britt and his team a call today. Got new gear here, uh, if you're watching on TV, from Graphic Imprints. Guy Nate Dolan hooked it up. Uh, graphic Imprints. Then get your business all geared up. Um, they're the ones that made us all these sweet Nike dry fit polos with my little ESPN radio logo on here. So Graphic Graphics dash graphic singular graphic dash imprints dot com or Nate at graphic dash imprints for your a uh, for your uh, inquiries. Grizz looked great last night uh, in men's hoops. It was the first time I could say that the Grizz truly looked really really good in a while. Uh, if you listen to this show, you listen to the Big Sky Breakdown, you know that I've been frustrated with uh, sort of the stagnant nature of their offense and and sort of the. Uh, archaic ways of playing, but their new additions, Anon Moody and Deshaun Thomas, those guys can both shoot it. That's a welcome addition, and that also helps them spread the floor better, which then makes Brandon Whitney a better pure point guard, and then all of a sudden you got a much more fluid offense, and they looked great last night offensively against the South Dakota State team that won 30 games and made the tournament last year. I know South Dakota State probably in a little bit of a, a down year compared to that, but still a good uh, squad coming to Dahlberg Arena last night, and Montana had a decided victory. So before we get to Sam Herter, let's uh, hear from a couple of the people in that game. First of all, Travis DeCure, the head coach of Montana. Brandon Whitney was out with an illness a little while ago. Aiden Moody was out because his wife gave birth to their second child, so he had to miss the last road trip. But last night, Montana had their starting backcourt back. Here's Coach DeCure on what that starting backcourt means for the Montana Grizzlies. You know, Whitney at the point, Moody is a combo who can handle the ball, but he's not exclusively at the point. It allows him to be aggressive. It allows him to score the ball. It's just more of his natural position. Those two guys give the rest of the guys confidence to do their jobs and do what they do. So when you when you take Whitney out, everyone slid down. Bannon was handling the ball probably too much against Troy. His versatility is strong, and it's a strength of his, but for him to handle the ball for 30 minutes, was just, it took away from his productivity. And every, same thing with everyone else. So... When you've got them together, you move everybody to their natural positions, their natural roles. They have more confidence doing the things that they've been doing their whole career. You said the offense in the first half, but also the defense. Would you consider that the most complete half of the season? And is that kind of what you envision as the potential yeah, for this group? By far. You know, when you can hold an opponent in the 30s, shoot in the 50s, I, you know, I don't know that we'll always, you know, hit eight threes in a, in a half. But um, the type of shots we were getting, a lot of that was led from our pace, but also our defense. It's when you're not taking ball of the net and you can push the ball off of rebounds and you've got good guard play, you're going to be hard to guard. And so if we can get in transition more often, uh, we will continue to score like that. The other uh, interesting fold here is that Montana has had uh, inconsistencies at best offensively the last couple of years. But I do think it's addition by subtraction in terms of some of the guys that they no longer have on their team and some of the guys they brought in. I think Moody's a great compliment to Brandon Whitney, much more complimentary 
than some of their other guards. I mean, Moody's a true combo guard. They had, the Grizz had too many guys that needed the ball in their hands last year. Too many true point guards. I, I never thought Robbie Beasley complimented Brandon Whitney or vice versa. I never thought Cam Parker complimented either of them either. Each one individually is good and uh, in certain ways great, but uh, they did not fit well together, so I think they complement each other a lot better. But all that said... A couple of Montana's best performances the last couple of years have been against South Dakota State. Last year, they went to SDSU, and they won in Brookings. They scored 85 points, and they snapped the nation's longest home winning streak. And so then with SDSU coming back this way, uh, Montana looked really good. Again, here's Travis DeCure on why. I know you've talked a lot about rising to the occasion against good opponents, but you guys have risen to the occasion against that opponent a couple times here recently. So what was it about... South Dakota State that kind of brings the best out of your team. Respect. Respect for what they're capable of. Respect for the things that they've accomplished. Um, when we went in there last time, they had the longest home win streak in the country. And, you know, we weren't necessarily saying we're coming in to break it, but we had a lot of respect for how good they were, right? They, they had the, the, the nation's leading scorer. They had two players who scored 20 a game. They were an explosive offense, and, and we had a good defensive team. So it was, it was a good challenge for us. And that was the best we had played all year up to that point. Um, and, and then we knew they were going to come in. No, I don't want to necessarily say revenge, but it was an opportunity for them to, to kind of steal that victory back. And they've been playing really good basketball. And so our guys had a good level of respect for them. Good level of respect to be sure. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, coming up. But I just wanted to share some thoughts from, with, with Eric Henderson as well. He's the head coach of South Dakota State. And this is a conversation a little bit about last night's game, but more about just the challenges of mid-major basketball at this point. South Dakota State faces a lot of similar challenges as Montana and Montana State do. Here's Eric Henderson postgame. That's big, Montana's best offensive output. What, what did they do well offensively against you guys? Well, they got us spaced out a little bit, and they got us, they got, got, us, got it going downhill early. And then, uh, you know, when you're scoring at the basket, you're scoring, uh, you know, making threes. They kind of had the whole gamut going and just really shared the basketball. You know, I thought it was the best, the best they played all year. For sure. I mean, you can see that. I mean, I think 12 assists on the first 20 buckets of the game. How much of it is when their point guard gets in the paint? He's pretty good. You know, obviously he doesn't shoot it great, but uh, he knows his game more than most. And, and uh, so you have to kind of pick your poison. You know, do you want to guard him and let him eat up that space and get to the paint? Or do you want to go, just guard him, you know, but he's quick too. So, you know, you know, as, as it's funny because when you think about him, I have a lot of respect for his game, not only because I couldn't shoot either, and you can find <laughs> different ways to impact it, but, like, that dude has a great knowledge of who he is and how he can help his team win. This stretch for your team, I mean, pretty challenging. I was looking at the map. I mean, that's pretty crazy travel last yeah. five days. We're pretty wore out. I mean, I'm not making excuses. You know, we they, they play better than us tonight and have more energy sure. than us tonight. Um, but we had nine of our first ten games on the road, and we went across country twice. And I, I told our guys, you know, we, we need to have more fight as a team, and they, they need to have more fight individually. But I also have a little bit to do with what happened there. You know, I, I got to make sure I'm putting our team in a good position to be successful. And, and we like to challenge ourselves, so it's a fine line. But uh, it, it's been tough. I, mean, I talk about that on my radio show a lot with, with Coach Takir, with Coach Sprinkle. I mean, mid-major basketball programs where you have a good – home court i mean it's really hard to schedule this day and age right oh it's one of the hardest parts of our job you know it's it it is ridiculous and and you know everybody will look at our record and it's being it's not what we're used to and and obviously we have expectations to win but uh 
um, we also went through a gauntlet. And, um, you know, I think when I looked, depending on what you're looking at, this morning we had the fourth, you know, hardest schedule, you know, so far in college basketball. And this place is is, is not an easy place to play. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're really, really tough here and just really connected, and they fed off the crowd. I mean, will you hope to continue games like this? This is the stuff I love here. Totally, you know, right. I love to play, you know, programs that, that have the similar expectations to us, right. you know. And obviously I feel bad tonight that we weren't able to make it competitive. But uh, we'll be all right. You know, we're going to continue to fight. And then we're excited as the season goes on. Eric Anderson, the uh, head coach of South Dakota State men's basketball, the Grizz, defeated South Dakota State 81-56 last night, one of the most complete efforts We've seen out of the University of Montana in a couple of years. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated, and happy to say so. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in, Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He joins us to talk our way around the FCS uh, every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Sam, uh, what's up, my man? First of all, thanks for joining us. Um, we're sitting here now in the quarterfinals, and uh, to this point, it's chalk. And a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the teams that maybe deserved or didn't deserve to get in and all the things that went into it, the details behind the bids and the playoff selection and all that stuff. But as we sit here in the final eight, it's the eight seeds. So uh, maybe the uh, the playoff committee got it right. I, I don't know. What do we think of just the seeds holding here into the quarterfinals? Yeah, it's... You, you never really know, um, you know, if just because the seeds went chalk, you know, maybe that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Holy Cross is better than Weber State by, you know, by, by any means. So you never really know. And it seems like especially this year, home field advantage is so important in the playoffs. I think there's only been one road team that has won, and that was Gardner-Webb winning in the first round at Eastern Kentucky. And so I think just having that home field uh, is really a true advantage in the playoffs. But whether – I think it was 20, I want to say it was 2018, possibly, I think it was 2018 when all eight seeds uh, made it to the quarterfinals. It, it went chalk back then too, but, um, you know, it's it's always difficult to say just because it's always based off of matchups and regionalization on, on if they did, if, if these truly are the eight best teams in the country or not. I don't know if we truly know that for sure. It, it certainly is uh, interesting to dissect. Uh, let's go through this last weekend. Uh, first, not not including the Montana schools, what do we think? I mean, South Dakota State was was looked like dominant against Delaware. Um, Sac State finally got off the schneid, so I guess to start there, the top two seeds moved on in, uh, in two completely different fashions. Yeah, South Dakota State looked like the juggernaut and looked like the deserved number one seed here. They, they rolled up. Delaware pretty good, winning handedly, and Delaware was without their starting quarterback, Nolan Henderson. He left the game pretty early with an injury, but still to, to score 42 points on what was a top-four scoring defense in Delaware, I thought was was really impressive with what the Jacks did and you know really controlled the line of scrimmage there. And then the, the Sac State-Richmond game was just, it's hard to gauge. You know, I, I don't know if that was a sign of things to come for Sac State, that they went toe-to-toe with, you know, maybe the third or fourth best team in the CAA, and maybe that's a sign that Sac State isn't ready to win the national title, or it was just a, a downpour of rain, and neither team could get the running game going, so they had to throw, and there was drop passes and interceptions and goofy plays, and maybe it was just 
one of those unorthodox games where you just couldn't look like your normal self because of how hard it was raining. So I don't really know how to gauge that result, honestly. Uh, besides Sac State, this is now, I believe, their fifth win over a ranked team that they won by one possession. And so it was a close game, but at the same time, I tweeted it too that Dunyway has, you know, he kind of struggled at different times. He has some interception problems, but he makes some big-time throws when they need him to most. Sure. And he did that again against Richmond. No doubt about it. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Um, the other games that uh, don't involve Big Sky and or Montana schools, Holy Cross got past New Hampshire 35-19. to Incarnate Word outlasted Furman 41-38, and William & Mary blasted Gardner-Webb 54 54- 14. Uh, any strong takeaways from any of those three uh, round of 16 games, Sam? Yeah, I think William and Mary just overmatched Gardner-Webb. I think that was pretty expected. Uh, Holy Cross, I thought, looked really impressive beating New Hampshire CAA opponent. Uh, another game that was in the rain, uh, but Holy Cross really owned the, the line of scrimmage there, rushed for over 200 yards. New Hampshire only rushed for like under 40 total yards, and so New Hampshire just um, or excuse me, Holy Cross just really uh, controlled that game. And uh, I know we've talked about Holy Cross qu- quite a bit uh, on my segments here, but I think maybe just because they're out of the Patriot League and that's usually a one-bid league, even though it wasn't this year with Holy Cross and Fordham getting in, and the fact that Holy Cross isn't, isn't well-known, you know, they're they're not a full 63 scholarship. I think the narrative around Holy Cross might be, well, they're going to be smaller than the top FCS teams. They're not going to be as athletic. Uh, you know they're not going to have as much talent, but I don't. I don't necessarily think that's the case with Holy Cross. You look across the offensive and defensive lines, um, and for the most part, they look the part. Now, are they as big as like a Weaver State? No, but I think they look the part of a pretty good FCS team. And this is a program that's recruited uh, really well. They've beaten out a number of FBS teams for recruits, and so they do have quote unquote FBS level talent on their roster. And so um, I thought they proved that. Uh, against New Hampshire. Now, is, is it going to go that well against South Dakota State? Probably not, but I do think Holy Cross proved that they were deserving of a seed and, and are a quarterfinal-worthy team. Sam Herter joining us here on Sports, uh, here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN uh, MT apps and the uh, senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports and Bet MGM. Uh, the... Games that uh, we spent a lot of time watching and focusing on were the two Montana schools games. And uh, so let's start with the one in Fargo as the Grizzlies saw their season come to an end. Um, the the Grizz were in the mix. They're down 21-20 and then 28-20. And then North Dakota State sort of ran away with it. A couple big plays, broken plays into long touchdowns. So um, the... Uh, the Grizz, their season ends 8-5. and five. NDSU into the Elite Eight uh, yet again. What did you think of that one in Fargo, Sam? Yeah, it was, it was got interesting for a little bit there. Montana had the, the pick six, was getting some uh, success uh, as well. Uh, the Grizz did offensively to make it a game. But then NDSU kind of just, they do what they do. They, they leaned uh, on Montana and, and broke some, some big runs, like you said, on some broken plays there. But it, there's like three, two or three runs of, of 65 plus yards. Um, and I think that's one of those things where I know you've talked about uh, against Montana where, you know, they're, they have the type of defense where they can make some splash plays, sacks, tackles for loss, 
you know, big hits, big splashy plays, but they also give up some big plays uh, as well. And I think NDSU um, was maybe able to crease them a little bit, but there's also just some plays there, like the Tamaric Williams one where he was bottled up and kind of got pushed out of the pile and there was no one there. And, you know, sometimes things like that just happen. So it was um, kind of interesting with Montana because, I don't know, it wasn't a – I mean, it got pretty lopsided there in the final one and a half quarters, you know, losing by 20 plus points. But, you know, if this loss happened later on, you know, in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, then you lose that big in the Fargo, maybe it's not a huge deal. But the fact that Montana lost pretty quickly in the, in the playoffs in the second round after such high preseason expectations, it, it maybe makes the loss, you know, have a more sour taste in Grizz fans' mouth than had it been later on in the playoffs, which I guess makes sense. But, um, you know, I, I kind of, I felt like maybe it could have been a close game, but at the same time, as NDSU started pulling away, pulling away, it was just kind of one of those things where, yeah, you know, the Bison kind of just, they do this to a lot of opponents, and Montana's not the, the first team to, you know, get that treatment by the Bison in the Fargo Dome. And how about on the other side? Montana State uh, just keeps on doing what they're doing, just running roughshod over teams. And uh, we were in Bozeman, and certainly a, a great credit to Weber State for rallying down the stretch and uh, cutting it to an eight-point game. Uh, but when Montana State busted that thing open in the third and early fourth quarter, uh, it wasn't that close of a game. And again, I know, again, credit to Weber for fighting back and, and making it a one-score margin at the end. But Montana State rolled in that game. It was very impressive to watch. And uh, now here they are uh, in the final eight for the third year in a row, and it just seems like they are one of the programs that just has upward trajectory as everybody's trying to catch NDSU. Yeah, I think when you look at the remaining eight teams, if you were to say, okay, who who has a, an actual legit chance to win a national title? I think it's the two teams in the Dakotas and then Montana State. I think the Bobcats have, have now, you know, certainly if people haven't believed in them yet, you know, certainly I think they, they show that they belong in that top tier conversation. And you're right, when it was 33-10, to 10, it could have been even worse than that because Montana State, you know, Obviously, give credit for Weber State for kind of digging their heels in late in drives, but Montana State had opportunities to to get more points and end up settling for field goals. And so, you know, thirty once once they hit thirty three to ten, that kind of had that trickeration uh, on that uh, reverse pass. You know, they kind of just busted things wide open, uh, but it could have been a lot worse than than thirty three to ten uh, for for uh, Weber State and their deficit there. So, just a, a really impressive performance by Montana State. I think this was one matchup that everyone had circled as far as, you know, this is going to be a, you know, a down to the wire game, just like it was last time. Maybe, maybe not that style of game where there's a lot of goofy stuff happen, happening, but two of the top six teams in the FCS going to be black and blue, uh, going to be a physical matchup, going to be like a 27-24 game. I think that was a lot of people's expectations, not necessarily a, it, again, it was a one-score game at the end there, but it really was a, a dominating effort by the Bobcats. Sam Murder, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas Now. The FCS uh, quarterfinal matchups then include three on Friday and one on Saturday. North Dakota State hosts Sanford. Just saw a tweet that Sanford's getting on a plane for the first time since 2016. That's crazy. <laughs> that shows you what life in the SoCon is like, though. You can bus everywhere. That's a lot more open space out here in the West. So Sanford heads to Fargo. That's three versus six. Sac State hosts Incarnate Word, who has a coach that's on the way out the door, but they still managed to win. Uh, in round two there to get to the quarterfinals. Holy Cross plays at South Dakota State. That's the only Saturday game. And then Friday night under the Bobcat Stadium lights, Montana State hosts William and Mary, 8.15 p.m. kickoff from 
uh, Bobcat Stadium. Of the, uh, the top four seeds, South Dakota State 1, Sac State 2, North Dakota State 3, and Montana State 4, which one of those top four seeds needs to be on upset alert most, Sam? Yeah, I think the most likely game that doesn't go chalk here would be UIW going to Sac State. I think that's the one a lot of people have circled that could be the closest. Uh, you know, South Dakota State, Holy Cross, yeah, I, I just don't know if Holy Cross will, will match up well for all four quarters against South Dakota State. Stanford, North Dakota State, we've, you know, I've covered the playoffs long enough where I know how this goes, where, you know, the Southern speed goes into the Fargo Dome and uh, maybe they get out to a 7 nothing start, a 10-3 start. But uh, as we know in the playoffs, being physical on the offensive and defensive lines and running the ball, that's, that's going to win you games, not, not spreading teams out and not playing a whole lot of defense. You know, Willem & Mary, Montana State could be – Interesting that both teams like to run the ball. It could be a relatively quick game uh, just with how much they run the ball. Then again, then again it is on ESPN2, so there's probably going to be media timeouts at every 10 minutes. That's just how it works when national TV rolls in. Uh, but I think just with you know a shorter week for, a shorter week for William & Mary, playing in the cold late at night, uh, you know, it's going to be, I think, 10-15 start for their body clocks, a rocking crowd. I think that's going to be a pretty uphill battle for William and Mary. And so UIW, Sac State, uh, you know, again, Sac State doesn't want to get into a track meet uh, with UIW. I think they definitely want to get back to their ground game with Scadabo and Asher O'Hara. I don't think you you probably don't want Jake Dunaway going into a a mano-a-mano quarterback battle with Lindsey Scott Jr. because if they turn it into a track meet where both teams are attempting 40-plus passes in this game, I, I don't think Sac State gets a win. But I do think they can uh, control the clock, uh, do enough to, to keep UIW's offense off the field, I mean, kind of grind out a win and maybe have the time of possession be, you know, 40 minutes in their favor. I think that's going to be key for Sac State. But if you are going to beat them, how you attack them is probably through the air and not on the ground. And UIW's passing attack is the best in the FCS. And so that, that that's the one that I think will be closest in the quarterfinals. Last thing for you then, Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, the uh, coaching carousel in the Big Sky Conference is spinning so fast, I'm getting motion sick, Sam. It's all over the place. Four head coaching openings in the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, even though it wasn't one and done at Idaho State, I wasn't that surprised that Charlie Ragle uh, left that situation in the dust. Uh, Bo Baldwin taking a Power 5 coordinator job. That's never really that surprising, but I was a little surprised that he bailed on Cal Poly uh, in the early stages of a rebuild. And, uh, you know, then you, you saw Northern Colorado – open up and then close with Ed McCaffrey leaving Ed Lamb getting hired. I, I was uh, not surprised by the McCaffrey split whatsoever. Cool to see Coach Lamb back in the big sky, a guy we really like working with, really fun to to talk to. Um, but then the the one that's really resonating on the national level because, you know, those other three I just talked about are, are the three bottom programs in the big sky right now, Cal Poly, Idaho State, Northern Colorado. One of the top programs in the big sky over the last 10 years has been Weber State. And Jay Hill leaving for BYU, uh, that's enormous news. That's something that ra- had uh, ramifications around the uh, the FCS landscape at large. Uh, just your impressions of of all of these comings and goings in the head coaching ranks uh, in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, across the FCS, I think we're up to 21 head coaching changes. Uh, last year there was, last offseason there was 22, so... Um, I can't remember, you know, 2018, 2019, what the, what the typical number is. And so I don't know if we're above average these last couple of years, but, you know, it does seem like quite a bit once you get over 20 
head coaching changes. And some of these are, uh, you know, a couple are retirements, a couple are not renewing contracts. Some have been, you know, firings and some have been, you know, guys like Deion Sanders uh, and Jay Hill leaving for FBS jobs. But yeah, you know, this, this opening, I think, is the most significant. Weber State, uh, just with what Jay Hill did in his nine years, you know, turned them into a really struggling program, into one of the better overall programs in the FCS with just the year-to-year consistency, some quarterfinal runs, a semifinal run. Uh, you know, I, I I remember writing back in 2018 that the best, you know, one of the best head coaches in the FCS is, is, is Jay Hill, and it always seems like his name is going to pop up whenever there are some FBS openings, and I think maybe – you know, he's, he's probably had his name in the hat for multiple FBS head coaching jobs. And, you know, maybe he felt he needed to get, you know, more FBS experience. I know he came from the FBS, but this opportunity to be an associate head coach at BYU, as long, along with being the defensive coordinator, maybe he felt like this was the step he needed to take to ultimately get what I imagine is his goal is to be, is to be a power five head coach. Like a lot of FCS head coaches would like to be power five head coaches one day. So um, I think this is the one opening. A lot of people will, We'll circle and keep their eye on and see if, if Weber State, whoever they hire, if they can keep this, this thing going because it does seem like in the big sky, you know, you're always going to have, you know, five or six really good teams. Uh, but, you know, it kind of it kind of comes and goes. You know, Cal Poly was pretty good for a bit. Northern Arizona was, was good, a playoff team for a little bit. But they dipped and then someone else rises back up. And so now it seems like Idaho is rising up and Eastern Washington is rising down. And so we'll see if Weber State can keep this up or if, Maybe they start to trend down, and then maybe uh, um, who knows? You know, Northern Arizona. Maybe they start to trend back up because it kind of seems to go in, in ebbs and flows. But Jay Hill was did such a consistent job at Weber State uh, that I think whoever whoever takes over, they have good facilities there, pretty good fan uh, fan support, good area to recruit, um, and so this is you know certainly the most attractive opening so far out of the FCS. He's Sam Herter. You can find his writings HeroSports.com. You can also check him out here in the 4 o'clock hour each Wednesday show on uh, Nuanas Now. Uh, thanks for being here, man, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. There you go. Smart guy, man. He knows a lot about a lot. It's it's impressive how much he can uh, follow the FCS uh, at large. How about the return of an All-American, not only to the lineup, but just to this show, Isaiah Fonse. Stud running back from Montana State joins us next. Keep it right here. It's no one is now ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season.
is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. There's certain things that happen just like in the arc of pop culture in America, especially with the explosion of like widespread media. I mean, there's there's television and network TV and everything, you know, late 50s, all the way through the 60s and 70s. But when then the advent of cable TV before cable TV was so widespread, people were just exposed to so much of the same stuff, right? Like you used to turn on TV and, and you're watching one of, four things or eight things or 13 things on TV, but there wasn't 90,000 million options. I mean, I, how many of you out there are listening right now? And, you know, you get your, uh, got done with the hard day at work. You sit down on the couch, you start scrolling through the deal. And all of a sudden you're scrolling for two hours. By the time you could have watched a whole freaking movie by the time you pick whatever movie, and then it's too late. It's time to go to bed. Everybody out there is listening has done that. It used to be though, you turn on the TV. Oh, what's on the TV? And that's why things like Saturday Night Live used to be so influential and so transcendent. But I often wonder, like, are things like the Blues Brothers, are phenomenons like that dead? I don't know. But, like, for two guys, two comedians, to have uh, a sketch that then turns into, like, a legitimate music act, and then you're cutting records, and these records are, like, selling, and then all of a sudden you're touring <laughs> It was a parody. It was a parody sketch. And all of a sudden, you're a real band. It's tremendous. It, it was a moment in time, to be sure. And I, just, I wonder if that kind of stuff will, will happen uh, again. I hope it does. It would be sweet to have, like, another version of the Blues Brothers come out of, you know, a variety comedy show on network TV. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, ignore this prompt here, gents in the back. Uh, this is just from the uh, outline when we had a short week. So uh, we do have, though, free Desperado wings coming up for you in uh, about, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, uh, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So stay tuned for that. It's time now for our Montana State Minute, though. Isaiah Fonse, All-American running back for the Bobcats, will join us here momentarily. It is presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, you can score big with JNV. Everything you need for your next tailgate or that big holiday family party, you can find it at one of JNV's three locations: Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. Can't make it in? JNV also has a pretty great website: JV Restaurant. Dot com. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute here on ESPN Radio, and we're happy to welcome in a guy who's joined us several times before, but it's been a really, really long time. It's Isaiah Fonse. He's a senior All-American running back at Montana State and back in the fold for the first time in a long time. Isaiah, good to hear from you, man. Glad to see you back on the field on Saturday. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. First and foremost, I mean, let's just talk about the weight. I mean, you guys had such a great run last year, and then you had such a great offseason into summer into this year, but you haven't gotten a chance to actually play in a game until Saturday. So just take us through it. I mean, what was it like trying to wait and watch and, you know, get healthy? And then what was it like being back on the field on Saturday? The way it was definitely hard watching for the past, I want to say, was it 11 games? Is it week 11 now? I think I think you missed 11 but, games, yeah. Yeah, so it was tough watching the 11 games and whatnot, but with each month I got closer to being healthy, and I just kind of stuck to the plan. 
I try to do everything right. So this past weekend was fun. It was exciting being out there with the guys again. But now it's on to William and Mary. Uh, obviously, you had one of the best seats in the house for the regular season run. So uh, take us through it. I mean, what was it like watching your teammates? Uh, this was an incredibly fun team to watch, from my personal opinion. So what did you think of, of just watching the Bobcats during the regular season? It was awesome. There was a lot of yards that were gained on the ground. It was fun uh, helping the running backs, the other running backs in the room with whatever they needed help with. And um, honestly, it was just fun. Just being around the guys helped me a lot throughout the time that I wasn't playing. Isaiah Fonte back in the fold at Montana State. He's joining us here on the Montana State Minute. Uh, just from a physical standpoint, what was the most challenging part? And also, what did you think you gained from it? Because just evaluating you, watching you on Saturday, you look like you're in great shape. It looked like you you didn't lose any explosiveness at all, maybe even a touch faster. So uh, what, what was maybe the biggest challenges of the rehab, but also did it help you at all? Um, probably the biggest challenge of the rehab was um, the part of just kind of like I wasn't able to run, but I felt like I was ready to run. So waiting the month and a half to get cleared for that was definitely challenging. What helped me the most or what I saw the most when I was not playing was just like reading the outside zone. There was a lot of mental reps that I took, whether it was at practice or in games, which helped me for Saturday. Yeah, I mean, talk about that part because you guys ran so much inside zone last year. You are so good at that, and I know you came out of an option offense uh, in high school too during your days back there at Bellevue. So what are the biggest differences of the outside zone, and how would you pick it up so quick? With inside zone, everything's more downhill. It's more, um, I would say, like, you just really have one true read. With outside zone, you can kind of play with it, and you can kind of set up where you want to go. When I first came back during the bye week, I was messing up a little bit, but I sat down with Coach Bill. He helped me out, and um, I was able to get comfortable relatively fast in running the outside zone for the game on Saturday. When it comes to the actual action on Saturday – Montana State, a 33-25 win over Weber State. A great football game. I thought both sides played really hard. Two really good teams going at it. In your mind, Isaiah, what, what was able? Uh, what were you guys able to do to close that thing out? We were just able to run our base stuff really well. And then towards the end, we kind of realized that the offense had to finish the game. So we had um, Sean out there, and we were just running our stuff. And he was a phenomenal runner, hard to tackle and hard to bring down. So it was fun watching him close the game out for us. Isaiah Fonta here on the Montana State Minute. He's a senior running back there for the MSU Bobcats. They're into the quarterfinals for the third consecutive year. Uh, How about the offensive likes? I think they've gotten a ton of shine this year, but they totally deserve it because I think there was a lot of questions about them coming into the year, and they've they've been awesome. They've been tremendous. So what have you thought of their performance? I thought that they've been awesome. Every day they they bring max effort to practice, and on games they bring max effort. So I'm just thankful that I have a chance to be on the field and play with them for the end of the season. Well, I know that as we sit here recording this, this is only on a Monday, so you probably haven't had much opportunity to look at William & Mary, the team that comes to Bozeman on Friday. But if you have seen anything out of the Tribe so far, what have you seen? And what can you tell us about your opponent on Friday night? I would say that William & Mary, they're a senior-heavy defense. They're, they're fast flow to the ball, and they all play with relentless effort. So I think the matchup on Friday is going to be a good one. Well, you guys now uh, are familiar with the playoffs. I know that uh, when you first came to Montana State, you're sort of on the, the middle end of a rebuild, but you guys now have been in the playoffs for uh, four years in a row and into, into the quarterfinals for the third year in a row. So uh, how does that experience help you, just uh, kind of knowing what to expect in, in these big-time playoff games? Um, it definitely takes some of the pressure off being in the playoffs for X amount of years, four years like we have. Having another game at home 
definitely benefits us. I feel like all of us are going to be comfortable out there. I'm excited to go on Friday. Well, the other news with you not only being back in the fold, but uh, now if you guys do make a run all the way to the National Championship game, you'll still have only played four games. So you'll be able to uh, come back uh, a year from now. So, I mean, is that the plan? And if so, I mean, what what's uh, what has you interested and in, in, uh, wanting to come back to Montana State for another season? Uh, yes, sir, that's the plan. Um, I think that a big part of why I chose to come back was just because I wanted to play another full year. And then, obviously, the no-brainer is the offensive line. I think that we're returning the entire offensive line. So this is their first year kind of meshing together, and you got, like you already see the success that they have. So next year should be even better. Montana State, Friday night, under the lights at Bobcat Stadium, 8.15 p.m., local time kick against William & Mary, the champions of the Colonial Athletic Association. Isaiah Fonse, senior running back for the Bobcats, joining us. Uh, last couple things for you, man. What do you think about playing under the lights on Friday night on ESPN2? It's going to feel just like high school all over again. We're going to have some Friday night lights. I love that. That's going to be so sweet, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be real cold, and those boys from Williamsburg, Virginia, I don't know if they're going to be ready uh, for the Bozeman uh, freezing that it's going to be on Friday night. Uh, last thing for you, then, man. What do you think of the keys to the game for you guys, uh, if you guys are going to come out with a win, move on to the Final Four for the third year in a row? Um, the key is the victory, I would say, just sticking to our plan, sticking to our base plan, playing with relentless effort, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it, just playing with relentless effort. There you go. Isaiah Fonte back in the fold, senior running back for the Bobcats. They host William & Mary Friday night's our Montana State Minute, presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. Isaiah, wonderful to talk to you, man. Glad you're back healthy. I know it was a long road, but congratulations on getting back, and the best of luck on Friday night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good to have that guy back in the fold. He's a, he's a good dude, hard worker, and uh, man, he he Isaiah Fonse was was so hurt. I was wondering if he was going to be able to come back. So the fact that he not only returned but returned looking like absolutely top notch form, very 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 impressive. That was our Montana State Minute. It's presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. You need anything for your uh, big upcoming holiday family get-togethers? Visit JNV Restaurants' three locations, Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls, or check out their great website, jvrestaurant.com. JNV Restaurant Supply, presenting the Montana State Minute each week. Let's talk some Grizz hockey. Mike Anderson, co-head coach, will join us. Plus, we got wings, we got tickets. Wing it Wednesday, Grizz hockey style coming at you. Keep it right here. Want us now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. I have this weird thing with music with the the people that I really really like that are also very very popular. I almost never love the most popular of their songs. Does that make sense? Like if I was to make you my all-time Bruce Springsteen Coulter's favorites 
it would only include a couple of the big hits. It would include so many of the not uh, radio airplay. I don't know if it's just because I'm wired like a contrarian or because when I get obsessed, I listen to the whole catalog and just decide what I actually like rather than the radio singles. I don't know. A little boss for you here on your Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for letting let me ramble about all my music stuff all the time. It is my single favorite part of the job. Besides hanging out with you and all of your great interest in sports, uh, I love uh, hanging out and uh, rapping about all of the tunes, but I also like kicking it and uh, rapping about all the sports as well. Uh, we are coming to you on the radio dial, 1029 ESPN Missoula, on the television dial, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana, and then on the uh, World Wide Web, as it were, ESPN MT app. Stream it. Stream this show live, archived. Anytime, anywhere. You can also follow along Grizz Hockey as well. Uh, Grizz Hockey in the throes of their season. they got a rivalry doubleheader coming up. So it's time now for a little Wing It Wednesday Grizz Hockey style. We got... A dozen wings, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Here's what you need to do. Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us right now and keep the texts coming in. And text us anything. Text us comments, questions. Text us about Bruce Springsteen. Text us about Grizz Hockey. Text us what flavors of wings you like. Whatever. Any inquiries over the next 10, 15 minutes will get you entered to win Two things. One, a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. And two, a pair of tickets to the Grizz Hockey game Saturday nights. Rivalry style, Montana State in town. So we got a pair of tickets to Grizz Hockey Saturday night plus a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Text us anything, 406-888-1029. And uh, any text in the, le- in the next, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, we will select a winner, so keep those texts coming in, 888 We go now to the Regish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in a good friend of the show and the co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, Mike Anderson. He joins us each Wednesday here uh, during our Wing It Wednesday Grizz Hockey style. And, Coach, uh, disappointing probably last week. You didn't get to actually get any action in with Williston State not showing up because of the inclement weather. Uh, but what did you get done last week? I know you guys had a little scrimmage on Friday night. Uh, maybe actually good to have some time off. You guys have been playing a lot lately. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it wasn't uh, – I mean, that's two weeks now. We haven't played any games, so that part was unfortunate. We were looking, we were looking forward to playing Williston State, and we should have a announcement relatively soon here when we're gonna, actually going to get those games in. So they have not been uh, – canceled they're just being rescheduled so uh keep an eye out for that yeah it was it was a weird weekend we had a maroon white game uh guys handled it pretty well and then we took saturday off and have had two good days of practice now here as we gear up for montana state's d3 team we guys have uh the unenviable task of going to and from bozeman i'm gonna be doing the same thing maybe i should just ride the bus with you guys actually <laughs> i i tease because uh, i uh not that it's bad to go to bozeman or to montana state but you guys are gonna go over there and they come back so uh talk about that dynamic before we get into the dynamic of the rivalry and the intensity and all that stuff with the cats um it is a little tough to play the same team a couple nights in a row maybe not tough but uh certainly a unique challenge and uh, montana state's really dang good too so when you're first getting your guys prepared for this one what's it like to play home and away within the scope of one weekend 
Uh, it's a challenge. It, it's on both ends. It pre- presents, you know, different uh, things to get over or to, or to work through for going on the road. The first game, it's a little weird, but then you do get to get back to your bed that night relatively late, but you're still spending a day at home while the other team then has to travel. So either end of it, you're going to deal with some just sort of awkward energy stuff and making sure that guys are sleeping and eating well enough and, and hydrating to stay ready to go. But, um, it's just kind of what it is at this level, especially when we play Montana State. It is, you know, we, we always do a home-and-home with them, so uh, both sides of it uh, get to experience that that reality of having a three-and-a-half-hour drive, get there, play, head back home, and, and uh, just do the best you can to stay high energy and, and be focused. Grzaki in Bozeman Friday, back in Missoula Saturday. Keep the texts coming in, 406-888-1029. We got two tickets Saturday night's game down there at the Glacier Ice Rink. And also, got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Sounds like a pretty nice Saturday night to me. Go have yourself some wings before the game. And go watch Grizz Hockey versus the rival Montana State Bobcats. Uh, talk to me about this rivalry. I know that uh, the Cats revived their uh, collegiate hockey program uh a few years earlier than Montana's had theirs back. So uh, what's that dynamic been like? Just sort of uh, having your rival also be a, sort of the pace setter for college hockey in the state. And uh, what do you think just overall of this matchup against MSU? Yeah, so they, um, Montana State, as you said, started a team, I would I would say, I don't know, six years ago uh, with this current coaching group that they have and people in charge, and, and they've done a really great job. They actually have two teams now, uh, which is really cool, and we're playing their their second team. So they have the D2 team, which plays at our level, and then the D3 team is a team that we're playing this weekend. So preparing for them is a little bit different than their D2. Not a lot of film, not a lot to know about them. Um, so we're not exactly sure what's coming in, what we're walking into Friday night, and we're not sure what's coming back uh to, to Missoula on Saturday, but it's exciting to, to play Montana State. We know our fans get up for it, so no matter which team it is, it's always a fun game. You guys played so well the last time out, and like you said, it's been a couple weeks since you played, so uh, in an ideal world, what sort of things do you hope carry over? What did you like about uh, the last time you guys played down there to, uh, in Utah during that four-game stretch, and uh, what do you hope to see carry over into this weekend? Uh, feels like such a long time ago, uh, but I think the big things that we really liked and what we saw was uh, a consistent approach to our structure and making sure that we're attacking well on the forecheck, we're back pressuring well on, on turnovers and getting pucks back and just creating offense uh, consistently and getting our D active, all that stuff. So we want to keep seeing that going and ultimately want that mindset to stay the same, that no matter the score, no matter the situation, no matter what's going on on the outside, we're focused on the guys in their room and the way we play and that's it. And we know that the results will come when we do that because we've, we've seen it here the past couple you know, a couple of weeks where we have uh, rather lost some wins. Chris Hockey in town Saturday night. Rivalry uh, action there at the Glacier Ice Rink. Chris Hockey, top 15 team in the country, and they've been very, very good here in year two since the revival of the program. Bobcats coming to town on Saturday after Montana plays in Bozeman on Friday night. So go support these guys Saturday. Uh, should be very fun. Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team, joins us here uh, each Wednesday. Coach, thanks for being here, man. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sweet. See you, Colter. Thanks, man. Keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. If you want to go to Grizz hockey and uh, have yourself some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, Text us, 406-888-1029. Thanks so much to the Desperado. I love to go to the Despo early Sunday morning, 10 a.m. 
getting some wings and uh, placing some sports bets. And then I just keep on going. My brother just lives right up the hill right from there. Desperado, one of the best places in town to watch football. The best wings in town. Right across from the YMCA on Russell Street. Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill probably presenting Wing It Wednesday. Each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Looks like we have a text from a uh, listener. Question, who would win? The Grizz hockey team or the best Glacier Hockey League Cup team? I I cannot even come close to pretending uh, to be... Uh, an aficionado to the point of knowing the answer to that question? I I don't know. I, I really don't. I think the brilliance of what th- this level of college hockey is is that um, is the passion that the guys play with. I'm not smart enough or schooled enough in hockey to be able... I mean, if I went to an NHL game and a Grizz hockey game on back-to-back nights, I could give you an analysis. But hockey's so fast... At any level that's a even moderately high level, that uh, I think that's why it's hard for me, somebody that's tries to be so an analytical and analysis based, to really grasp it. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Hey, here's the deal. I'll uh, I'll ask the guys in the back what they think uh, on the break, and uh, we'll get back to you. A couple more minutes for the text four zero six triple eight one zero two nine. Wing Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, Grizz Hockey style. We got two tickets to Grizz Hockey Saturday night, and we got a dozen wings to Desperado. Thanks to those fine folks for hooking you up. Five big questions about the four head coaching openings in Big Sky Conference football. Two of them have already been closed. Uh, we'll keep on talking about the coaching carousel in the Big Sky as part of our ESPN Roundtable. That's next. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.